Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot powering applications like real-time gps and voice assistant navigation becomes a breeze even on the practice field at&t in-car wi-fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle work stream shows or finish homework without missing a beat see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car wi-fi don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey always pay careful attention to the road and don't got distracted wi-fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicles in operation compatible device and vehicle required this is sex lies and spray tans with me cheryl burke an iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome back to Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans, the rewatch series. Okay, get ready to witness the first ever wardrobe malfunction that happened live on Dancing with the Stars, a shocking elimination, and lots of frustration and tension, while the remaining four couples of season one work harder than ever, hoping and vying for a spot in the semifinals. Let's get straight into my recap for season one, episode four, shall we? First thing we see during the promo prior to Tom and Lisa introducing the couples was Evander Holyfield's elimination. And after interviewing Edita, basically, which you will hear yourself, you guys, you know, Edita was saying that, you know, Evander's casting, she believes, her and Alec at least believe that it's because of him that actually made Dancing with the Stars not only just a family show, but it also allowed for other athletes, you know, to see such a manly man come on Dancing with the Stars to embrace the show. You know, after that, remember, we had people like Jerry Rice, Emmett Smith. I'm not so sure if these men would have signed up or these athletes would have signed up without Evander Holyfield season one. He was by far, I actually agree with Edita, one of the biggest names. I think, especially out of all the names and all of the contestants season one. At this point in the competition, you know, you really basically start to see who can handle pressure versus who cannot. And boy, did I see it. Okay, let's start. Couple number one, Joey McIntyre and Ashley Del Grosso. They're dancing, obviously, a samba, as so is everyone else. Um, as I mentioned in last week's rewatch episode, I said that I wouldn't be shocked basically if Joey and Ashley went home due to that role reversal in their package last week. And and honestly, I think it wasn't set up by producers because it was a real thing that happened. You can tell by their body language. You can tell that, you know, it really made Ashley feel very insecure and maybe feel like she wasn't built for this as far as you know, teaching someone how to dance in such a short amount of time, you can tell the pressure was getting to her. And um, honestly, I have to say that it just rubbed me the wrong way. You know, the jive, you know, clearly may have pleased the judges 
as what you had heard from their comments. And although, you know, the scores weren't great for them, they still were in the bottom two, which means to me that the audience also didn't appreciate so much how Joey basically took over the rehearsal and not letting Ashley, you know, challenge him and not really, you know, embracing the the challenge of learning how to technically dance the jive correctly. And because of that, I believe that Ashley became very insecure about her teaching style, which, you know, I hope it goes back to the way it should be, which is, you know, the pro dancer teaching the celebrity how to ballroom dance. And I hope that it doesn't psychologically mess up you know, their bond, let alone with her head now, you know, so Joey, you know, indirectly, indirectly basically shows Ashley that he doesn't trust her when, when, when anyone tries to take over. And also what, what proved this to me was when Tom asked Ashley a question live after their dance, after the jive in the previous week, Joey just answered the question for her. It really irked me. Anyway, their package starts out with tension and honestly weird energy with Joey starting out by saying how hard it must be to be the teacher. You know, then it cuts to Ashley expressing insecurity again and said she basically wants to vomit every time another week rolls around and they have to train for another dance. You know, I can tell by looking at Ashley's expression on her face, you know, that amount of time and the bond that they had in the beginning of the season is just no longer there. It's no longer existing or no longer existed because there's just no, again, no trust between the two people, especially since in a way, Joey, you know, his demeanor at least looks like he's taken over in general. And when someone is already insecure about what they're doing or when your celebrity contestant questions you or celebrity partner questions you, which I have honestly experienced, isn't necessarily the best position or the or isn't the best scenario to be in, especially if you're new to choreographing and teaching and you already are hard on yourself as we all are as pros. We all are insecure. I don't care who you are. It is very hard to outdo yourself. Let's say like for me, for instance, I've already won twice. Like what more do I had? What more could I prove? You know, if anything, I, you know, that's, I received a lot of pressure in a way, or in my head, I did at least from, you know, not wanting to come up with the same steps and same choreography. Here she goes again, doing this trick. It's just like, it's hard to tune out the noise, right? And I'm sure Ashley already puts a lot of pressure on her, or put a lot of pressure on herself back then. Um, you know, this is really important to be a team as, as a couple, you know, doing this show. And Ashley expresses basically to Joey how she is a perfectionist. And then it cuts to Joey talking at Ash, talking at Ashley, may I add, saying, I don't know why you don't use the room. Like we should use the room. And then you hear his voice, you're, you hear his like VO, his voiceover as they're practicing samba roles. You hear Joey say how intense Ashley is and how she wants everything to be perfect. Then mid-practice, they stop and Joey is talking, you know, to Ashley with his back facing the camera, which clearly means that he didn't want this to be on camera, but they still aired it. Basically saying, I don't know. I don't know. He said, I feel like it's all in your head. Cut to Ashley crying on camera while she's, you know, being OTF, which is like an on the fly interview with her field producer saying in real time that, you know, this is this whole process is stressful. You know, it caused her to be super emotional and it can't that just can't feel good to anyone involved. And then there comes, you know, a produced moment where you hear Joey say because of the rehearsal and how tense it's been, he decided, you know, let's just take Ashley and let's just take her home with me to Boston as if they'd have all the time in the world. This is amazing to meet his family when, you know, 
they are basically doing this while they're shooting Dancing with the Stars in Los Angeles. Let me just paint this picture for you. And they only have not a week. They have a few days to get the dance done. Not just one dance, two dances. And, you know, I know it probably was not Joey's initial idea, but I'm sure the producers were like, okay, who can we take out of studio this time? Who can we take to meet the family? And yes, did it make sense for Joey and Ashley? Absolutely. But I'm shocked they agreed to it. But mind you, this was season one. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't get distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. So it cuts to Ashley. They get to Boston. (laughs) Don't even mean considering that they flew across the country and they delivered a performance like I had just seen. Impressive. Anyway, cut to Ashley in normal clothes. She's walking into Joey's family's house saying this is going to be the best barbecue ever in Boston, which was in a way kind of refreshing to see her, you know, back to Ashley and, you know, behind all of the stress and pressure that the show comes along with. You know, you then see Joey McIntyre hug his best friend. You see him sitting at a table with, I'm assuming, his family and friends saying how good his, you know, jive was last week. Um, I think his dad said, to the camera, make sure you vote for Joey and Ashley. And then it cuts to Ashley saying how great Boston was for them because they got a chance to recharge their batteries. And, you know, ultimately they became closer friends. So that's good. I mean, honestly, I think that was genuine. And then it ends with Joey saying that he loves dancing with Ashley and that he hopes that they still have a shot to go all the way. Then it cuts to Joey saying the pressure is on. Okay, so let's talk about their dance. The quality of movement from Joey It wasn't bad, you guys. And I thought it was going to be, especially since they did that whole out of studio package. And I would say that like 
Joey and Ashley are basically back to week one because I was super impressed with Joey McIntyre's cha-cha and the technique and the foundation they had built. Mind you, they had weeks to train, but I felt like he really nailed the essence of the Samba and he was able to showcase good technique. He had bounce. His arms were shockingly amazing. His presence, the way he held his chin up, the way he isolated even. However, was it perfect? No. There were a lot of basic figures. I mean, Ashley choreographed the hell out of it in a good way. And, you know, I know that Len is looking for bounce action. You know, Samba is tricky because there's so many different rhythms to the Samba. And that is why it's a challenging dance for not just the male celebrities, but also for the women celebrities, if not more for them. Um, You know, look, the essence of what where you create the samba bounce from comes from your ankles and your legs and feet. And I have to say, Joey was a little flat footed and his posture still was hunched. Um, But there were moments of brilliance, actually. You know, when it comes to his arms and his coordination of like opposition, I have to say, especially in ballroom dancing, there were moments of just dead arms, like arms just dangling by his side. But And it's very important to establish, you know, that there is no moments like that ever to be um, executed when it comes to just not thinking about what your arms are doing. It's very detailed. The devil's in the detail, as you've heard me say a million times. Um, And I could have used a little bit more isolation, which would have caused him to uh, create more hip action and more pelvis action. Um, You know, he messed up at the end during the Samba walk section. He got off on the wrong foot and, you know, they were in shadow position. And instead of staying behind Ashley, he was ahead of her, which made it look super awkward. So when you're in shadow position, that means it's it's basically important that the woman is in front of the man not vice versa, which caused them to really stumble. And I always say, you know, you have to end strong because that is the last impression in people's minds, let alone the judges as well. I give Joey McIntyre and Ashley a seven. So let's get straight to the judges' remarks. You've got Len Goodman saying, Joey, my dear boy, I was so hoping that you were really going to come out here tonight and show me some technique and some rhythm. But unfortunately, I think you're wanting to perform and you lost your technique, which was very disappointing. Cut to obviously hearing the audience boo and shots of Ashley and Joey looking so defeated and discouraged and beyond disappointed as I'm pretty sure I would be the same way as well. I mean, look, it's hard to hide at this point when like, I feel like they've been picked on from day one, even more than Kelly at this point now. And, you know, they were standing next to Tom Bergeron. They were waiting to hear what the other two judges had to say. So Carrie Ann then said last week, I thought you overperformed your number, but in ballroom, there is a delicate balance of keeping your composure versus having freedom. And I thought you did that wonderfully this week. There was a feeling of a party and also the elegance of ballroom. So I think you did a good job. Audience cheered. Bruno said, I think you've improved. I loved your Latino stance. Your spine was straight. Your nose was up. Your shoulders were back. The only little thing that he pointed out were their samba rolls that he was a little bit stiff. And he, Bruno also continued saying that your hips could do with a little bit more Ricky Martin, of course, (laughs) to where Bruno finishes. But all in all, you did well. And Ashley surprisingly, actually, after those comments defended her and Joey by saying, remember, we only had one week, which in actuality, they had less (laughs) considering as well since they traveled, right? I mean, that took to travel from LA to Boston 
to get there to shoot that is not easy, you guys, because you have to interview everyone and then you have to find a studio space and you're in a different environment. They probably maximum may have gotten three hours of rehearsal and two full days that they could have been in the studio rehearsing hard. Anyway, for that, they did a great job, honestly. You know, through Joey's body language, you know, he basically turned Ashley around um, by touching her shoulders and then they walked into the red room and clearly he didn't approve of her message. But anyway, they are in the red room with the co-hosts at that time, Lisa Canning, and um, they were waiting to get their scores. And Lisa tries, you know, to poke fun and and make light of Bruno's comment of, you know, shaking his hips like Ricky Martin and ask Joey to see his Ricky Martin hips to where Joey was clearly not in the mood by any means. And he was just eager just to get his scores. And he re- basically replied to Lisa by saying, I will, I will shake my bonbon later. Right away, you know, as a viewer, you just see them so unhappy and it's unfortunate, you know, but it's also, I totally understand, like, how can you be hopeful or have any type of feelings of like, okay, I could get through this or I'm going to do this or I even have a chance to win when like, it's always, there's never been one week for them where they got positive feedback, which is fine. It is the name of the game. I get it. But sometimes these comments can't you know, these comments could be better when it comes to constructive criticism is all I have to say. Anyway, the fans rally behind him. They obviously love Joey McIntyre and you can tell or else he would have been home by now. But, you know, I believe that it's really important. There's a fine line of taking this competition too seriously. The judges scored them seven, six, seven, which gave Joey and Ashley, an overall score of 20 out of 30. Lisa asked Joey if he was surprised by that score. And he basically said, well, at least they're consistent with the look of defeat on both Joey and Ashley's faces. And they finished it out by saying, but again, I'm not surprised, but we had a blast and forced, you know, a smile on his face and looked to Ashley, who also forced another smile on her face. And to be honest, they just look kind of like bad sports in a way. I mean, if you think about it, like, Kelly actually has in the beginning, at least during her time, she got really bad scores. I don't think Joey's ever seen a five before, but yet she was able to turn that negative experience into a positive one. I mean, look, like now she's winning, hashtag winning, or back then at this point in the competition was hashtag winning. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. 
Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Let's move on to couple number two, Rachel Hunter and Jonathan Roberts. You know, in their package, you can tell that Rachel is really in it to win it. And right away, even their quick interaction, you see that these two people, before you even like get into their package, it just shows their bond, you know, that their bond has only strengthened throughout this competition, as opposed to like Joey and Ashley's bond that went from being strong to barely there, unfortunately. So right away, you see Rachel in rehearsal attire saying that she's been wanting to learn how to ballroom dance since she was a little girl and coming from such a strong week the previous week when they danced their tango, when they received a 26 out of 30 that put them first place um, at the top of the leaderboard, it's giving, you know, Rachel more confidence that she has a chance to get into that final Basically, what Jonathan pointed out was that the judges had never seen the side of her of being sexy and shaking her tail feather. And um, Rachel expressed a little bit of like, I guess she was a little hesitant at first because she doesn't think of herself as sexy, which is odd to me. But I think that's maybe most models think of that about themselves. I don't know. I mean, I think that's what makes her sexy is that she's so like self-deprecating. I really like her actually. And, you know, she doesn't take herself too seriously, which is a breath of fresh air coming from, you know, such a goddess of a woman like Rachel Hunter. Right. And then it cuts the, basically to clips of Rachel just shaking randomly throughout her rehearsal, like actually in like seriously shaking, just like practicing her shake and making fun of herself as well, which is really fun to watch and refreshing. And to see someone of her like stature, just taking the piss out of herself, it makes me just laugh and just have so much love for her you know it's just such a difference right from the package that I saw with Jonathan and Rachel versus Ashley and Joey for example so basically they bring in because you know Jonathan continues to harp on (laughs) in a nice way obviously continues to harp on Rachel about her um, you know she needs to be sexy and is trying to like show her the moves but she's like I'm visual so Jonathan or the producers bring in a special guest and they bring in the Samba queen. Looks like she just came right out of Carnival from Brazil. And I think they, um, they refer to her as the Samba queen. I'm pretty sure. And uh, this is all because of Rachel saying, obviously to Jonathan, like I said, she's a visual learner and I totally get, get whatever you're saying, but it just honestly makes more sense if I see another woman basically do it. And I have to say, though this didn't really help Emmett's quality of movement. But I love when they bring people also, not just us going out of studio, but they bring people into our studio as well. It just changes up the vibe, the look and the energy. And they actually, for Emmett, um, for one week, I think it was like Pasadoble. I don't know. It made no sense. Anyway, the point is that they brought the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders into one of our dance studios at Third Street Dance, I believe, before they had Dancing with the Stars um, studios. And it was really just great because it changed the vibe. It just, you know, it lined everything up. And then 
and at the end of our package, you just see like Emmett with a smile on his face. And the same thing with Rachel. It's like you see her interact with somebody else and it does get redundant. Like you always, of course, what can you expect? Us rehearsing, you know, you want to change it up just for the viewer, I think. Um, And then it ends with Rachel doing an interview, basically saying that, no, she's not ready to go home yet. And it sounded so sincere. And, you know, it makes you just want to root for her because you could tell that Rachel really wants to be there or wanted to be there. And, you know, she says, no way, I have not even peaked yet. I just scratched the surface, you know, without a doubt. And then I just love that, you know, I'm starting to see her fight through this competition as opposed to like in the beginning where she may have been a little hesitant or not confident in her fans, but hopefully they've been proving different to her that like, look, she made it pretty far. I mean, though it was only six weeks, technically she's almost a semifinalist. So I just love that she, you know, really has grown into a ballroom dancer. And honestly, her and Jonathan's bond is beautiful. And the way that they've grown as a friendship and a partnership and the way that they trust each other is also something you can see. And it's very transparent. And um, you can just see it on television. Now I know what people say when they're like, Cheryl, you can really see when you don't like your partners versus when you like your partners. Now I get it. All right. So let's move on to their dance. The Samba, obviously, I have to say that, you know, they started out super strong and I love that they danced to the Austin Powers theme song. I thought Jonathan really, you know, repped the the character definitely with that ruffled white silk shirt that he uh, was obviously wardrobe made for him. And I just love how grounded I have to say, as far as a technical side goes, when it comes to Rachel and her execution of the technique of the Samba. Um, You know, she really uses the hardwood floor to her benefit. And she was really isolated from the waist down. I mean, which is not easy to do. And she did it with complete control. Um, Samba is very difficult. And I would say for the celebrity women, you know, it's more difficult because, and men, it just depends. I mean, honestly, it just depends on who you're dancing with. I'm not going to compare the two, but it definitely looks awkward on a woman when she's bouncing up and down like that. But there's a way of doing it to where... The bounce isn't so obvious, but it's still being executed, right? And that all comes from, you have to know where it comes from, which is not just bouncing like you're on a trampoline. It it just, it's bouncing with control, right? And, you know, not only was she grounded, but in the beginning, Jonathan and Rachel do samba walks, for example, and they do it apart. So they get, come down those stairs from the walkway and then they split. And basically Rachel goes upstage dances her samba walks upstage left while Jonathan does the opposite. And I have to say that's taking such a huge risk. Very rarely do I let my partners go, meaning they're never really not touching me to where I can help maneuver them if needed for emergency purposes. Unless you're like a Juan Pablo or Gilles Marini or someone that I know no matter what will never be off time to the music due to them reacting to their own adrenaline rush, right? So what was impressive was that Rachel still stayed in the music and she was in the music, like never missed a beat. Right. And, you know, it's really great to see that because I don't think she would have been able to do that from week one. And I have to say that the Samba tempo was kind of played on the slower side, which is harder. As I've said before, it's so much harder to dance slow, slower than faster. You have to eat up more music. Right. Which which in result means you have to really move your body and every single like detail of it. Um, and a few times though, I have to admit that she ended up on the wrong foot, unfortunately, and that messed up on her, um, 
on her routine moving forward. Like there's this step called stationary Samba walks. And I think, I'm not sure how Jonathan taught her how to do it, but you know, what she's supposed to have done was she was supposed to have closed her feet and within the closing of the feet, you transfer your weight to the other foot and then you kick that leg back and then repeat, right? And repeat. But I think she must've been confused as to where her body weight was as um, when she transferred from foot to foot, she ended up stepping on the same foot twice, which is no good, no bueno. And then from then on, it threw her off, which was a shame because this would have really you know, for me, at least I would have given them a higher score if that stumble wasn't there, but she saved herself, you know, and you, you know, she never freaked out. And that alone is impressive. She didn't go off time because, oh no, she messed up. She didn't let it get to her head too much because of that one stumble, but it did throw her off long enough, meaning like towards the middle of their routine, you know, they almost ended up completely disconnecting and they would have missed like their samba rolls or their transition into the samba rolls. But, you know, Jonathan being the professional that he is without an arm or with an arm, he still moved her and shifted her and they were back on track. And, you know, there was this one leg trick, obviously with her flexibility, John, Jonathan was highlighting, you know, the fact that she can just kick her leg up to the sky so easily and um it it just was a little off balance and um but she maintained her cool and overall i would say they really had a lot of content as far as like what is in the syllabus for samba goes um it wasn't perfect by any means and going into the semifinals you don't want to see any mistakes like that but it happens we're all human i give rachel and jonathan a seven Let's move on to judges' remarks. Before we get there, though, you know, you can tell that um, Rachel was really thrown off and she was kind of upset with herself. You can see it after she finished her routine as they were walking over to Tom to hear what the judges had to say. You can tell she was beating herself up. And, you know, after watching it back for the second time, I can see that her ending was also messed up a little bit or the transition into that ending, you know, pose that they did. She was so upset with herself, but... You know, she tried to hide it with a smile. However, you could tell she just felt so discouraged and sad that she really butchered it. Um, And that alone, I have to say, is really endearing because you see that she cares, you know, and to watch that she actually, you know, is human, especially being so gorgeous and being this supermodel that everyone adored and looked up to and probably still does. Definitely. You know, she's not trying to be fake or come across as if she did like an amazing job when she knows that she didn't. And I just appreciate that. I I know different strokes for different folks, but you know, I don't know. Some people may want people to fake it and jump up and down, even if you butchered your dance. I just don't believe in that. I appreciate the honesty and transparency as well as her vulnerability. And you know, it's not easy to show that either. So yes, she was bummed. Did she nail it? No, but I'm sure, you know, in rehearsals and dress rehearsals prior to the live show performance. I'm sure she did, which is why she was probably so upset. Anyway, moving on to the judges remarks. Bruno said, here we go, Rachel, a sultry, exotic bird of paradise. I'm assuming Bruno is referring to the peacock feathers that were glued onto her booty on her costume. And, um, that, you know, Samba costume that, uh, Bruno was probably referring to as far as an exotic bird. She also had some feathers, which was really pretty, I thought, in her hair and um, continues on and says, you could be in Vegas, carry on like this, and you're going to get your own show, girl. I just hate when people don't point out the mistakes. That really irks me. Carrie Ann said, okay, I thought there were some great moves. 
You did some very daring things, but actually I found it a bit boring. (sighs) How do you go back with that? (laughs) Again, not constructive. At times, she continues, which actually surprised me for doing a samba. You know, you hear the audience boo very loudly. And then you hear Bruno react to Carrie Ann and say, I don't find it boring at all. And then Tom goes, every party has a party pooper. (laughs) Always with the zingers. Okay, then it moves on to Len. I thought the whole package was fabulous. I love the whole flair. I love the basic moves. The choreography was great. You interpreted the music beautifully. It was really a great samba, which to me, I would say anyone who didn't call her out on her mistake is completely either just not aware it happened or they must have been judging something else. I have no idea. I'm just saying this because it was just so obvious that she messed up and she missed her footing. And it's just disappointing because it's like they're going to call someone else out for missing a step. But then what, right? That's that's when it gets a little complicated, um, you know. And then honestly, it's not like she just missed one step and it didn't, and it was like, okay, the coast is clear. No, no, it just continued on slowly dying, basically, her samba. So I think what Carrie Ann meant by her being boring was that she just was taken aback, I think, by her mistake. I'm hoping that she couldn't perform as loud as maybe she may have started the routine. But also, I think that this song itself could have been sped up quite a bit. Um, I think that actually would have helped, I think, make it less boring. Just saying, when it's a little faster, right? Um, They go to the Red Room. Lisa Canning in the Red Room was asking Rachel about how she felt and being first place and top of the leaderboard last week to where Rachel responded. It's so important as far as judges scores go, because that's all we have. We don't know the fan votes. We don't know how many people are voting for us, which is very true. Still to this day, the judges score them seven, nine, nine. Wow. I also, I have to agree with Carrie Ann. You know, I also scored Rachel and Jonathan a seven. Um, You can't disregard the fact that she messed up. Then, you know, if that's the case, everyone needs to be on an even playing field here because sometimes, as you guys know, they call out people for mess ups and sometimes they don't. You know, for example, Joey and Ashley, they did not mess up. Maybe one little, little tiny mess up. Yes, they did mess up in that shadow position thing, but not nearly as much as Rachel and Jonathan did. And they got way lower scores. Mind you, was Rachel's execution better than Joey's? Absolutely. But I don't believe Joey, and you'll see this or hear this soon, I don't believe Joey was the worst couple of the night. I really don't. Um, And as far as dancing goes, you know, look, it's very discouraging for all of us because we dedicate our whole lives to this, right? It's seven days a week. It consumes us because that's the only way you'll find yourself to be successful on this show. You can't half-ass this show. There's no such thing as balance when you're a part of Dancing with the Stars. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not criticizing the show by any means. I'm just telling you facts. And that's the fact. If you want results, if you want a chance to win the coveted Mirrorball trophy, you better put everything else around you on hold because this is the only way to do it. Just saying. Um, Look, I think what I really love about Rachel is that she's just honest and she basically just fessed up to Lisa in the red room, Lisa Canning, how, you know, happy she was considering how much she messed up (laughs) during her routine. And Jonathan, you can see, was trying to like shush her. Anyway, overall, you know, Rachel and Jonathan, as I said, got a 25 out of 30. That puts them in first place so far in round one of the competition. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. 
Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't get distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Let's move on to couple number three, John O'Hurley and Charlotta Jorgensen dancing a samba as everyone else has. So, um, you know, you could tell that the pressure is on when it comes to Charlotta and John, which is a different vibe and energy that I got when watching their package. Um, during rehearsal, John had to basically take a couple of breaks and leave the room altogether as Charlotta was basically continuing to coach him, like within like mid sentence, he's like, I got to take a break to where you see Charlotta kind of like roll her eyes of confusion and like it was awkward tension, put it that way. Also, you know, I want to make a point here that us professionals that come on a show, especially, you know, Dancing with the Stars during the earlier days, you know, the pro dancers on the show, you know, at that time, I would say like my genre, Max, all of us, you know, we are experts in different styles. For the most part though, after like season two or starting season two, three, it was mainly the Latin genre. But I have to say Charlotta, for example, I think I mentioned this a little bit, but she is definitely an expert in world champ, world, not just national, world champion in the international standard genre of ballroom dancing. And Jonathan Roberts, for example, is an expert in the American smooth genre. Alec Mazo and Edita Slavinska are experts in the Latin American genre. I would say I am an expert in the Latin American genre. Karina, same thing. My point is, is whenever you are assigned a style of dance for the week, it's really hard to coach somebody when you don't have a lot of experience specifically in that specific style. For example, like I don't believe that Charlotta had as much experience when teaching the Samba, for example, than when she taught John O'Hurley the quick step. You can tell, right? Or I can, maybe only the professional dancers can. But maybe now when you guys hear this, you can look at the show with a different eye and a different perspective, maybe, or test it out. Because, you know, I could tell with certain mistakes that happened, for example, during John and Charlotta's routine when they danced the samba, 
they were dancing, they were doing pivots, right? And it just went, it w- went from a disaster into more of a disaster. And in all honesty, um, you know, it started at the beginning of the samba and then it just got worse and worse until the very end. And for example, like when they messed up in their tango the week prior, you know, you can see that Charlotta was able to cover it up somehow and get him back on track by back leading him or because she already knew what and how she figured out a solution in her brain in a matter of seconds to figure out how they sh- she can get him back balanced and grounded. You know, I was able, you know, for me, when I like, when I do, when I used to have to choreograph like any type of standard or smooth dances, I would be so insecure. And still to this day, if I even went back, I always find that Latin is a lot easier, but in choreography in general, I just always feel like I need to get like reassurance from other people, which may be why it was so stressful for me because I just never trusted in my own work at times. That is not always, but you know, eh, to each their own, this ain't about me. Let's move on. Anyway, (laughs) I, um, as far as like the Latin style goes though, you know, it's just harder to obviously get your partner on track since you're not like completely having to stay in frame, for example, like quick step and tango. Um, it's a different frame for Latin. Anyway, it's it's irrelevant. You know, I know this is so confusing for you guys, but my point of why their samba was really weak, in my opinion, was because the choreography, the way it was choreographed, lacked content. It, for me, lacked samba bounce. To be honest, it lacked an all-around just base or foundation. And the transitions that were being choreographed or that were in the routine made zero sense. And to be honest, you know, there was hardly any content in comparison to all of the other couples so far that have danced, right? So back to their package, you know, their rehearsal felt so tense. Frustration arose between the two of them and John just started to become a little too competitive, but not in a good way, which actually started rubbing me the wrong way as well. So I now see when people like get too competitive which I've had a couple of partners who went from basically having fun, getting great scores, then, you know, making the quarterfinal or semifinal, and then they just turn and they got so competitive. And it's just, it doesn't really leave a good taste in my mouth and let alone, I'm sure your guys' mouths as well. And for sure, it doesn't end with you holding that or hoisting that mirror ball trophy above your head. That's for sure. So I give Charlotta and John a six, unfortunately. I feel like so far they, for me, are the worst couple of the night so far in this competition. Judge's remarks. Carrie Ann said, I think you guys have amazing chemistry as usual and the charisma is always there, but this time I thought you were actually off tonight. Musicality was off and it looked like you forgot some of the choreography. The audience booed at Carrie Ann, but I have to agree wholeheartedly with Carrie Ann. You know, she's completely spot on and, you know, this is exactly what happened. John's reaction to Carrie Ann um, was not was of confusion, which I'm not sure why. I'm not sure as to why he thought that she should have said he nailed it. Um, it looked like, you know, <laughs> I don't know who knows, but it, that, that wasn't the case, obviously. And anyone could have seen how much that Samba routine was just not up to par, to be quite honest, in comparison to the other competitors. Okay, Len said, I don't know what you're looking at, referring to Carrie Ann's comments prior to, um, you know, Len, he says that, you know, you epitomize, he says to John, you epitomize what the show is about and you make it fun with a bit of an edge. I thought it was a great routine and I enjoyed it. 
Bruno said that there were no hips. Your footwork was messy. And I agree with Carrie Ann. You know, there was no hip action at all. Audience booed at Bruno. But I agree with both, you know, Carrie Ann and Bruno, actually, for once. They go to the Red Room, John and Charlotta. Um, you know, last week, I think, was it Lisa Canning that said, basically, you know, you dropped from the number one position now to number two. Um, John says, we've rehearsed like, what, 35 hours? Who's counting? Um, <laughs> he was huffing and puffing. Uh, they get their scores, which were seven, eight, and six all over the place. A total of 21 out of 30. Um, I actually, for once, I think I, I agree with Bruno in that they did not deserve higher than a six by any means. I mean, clearly, even Len, who said it was a great song, but didn't really think so because he only gave them an eight. So if he really thought, because mind you, they, this couple's already gotten nines, right? So they peaked a little too early. I mean, if he really thought it was great it was, and it was a great, um, it deserved, you know, a great score. And from what he was saying in his comments, you would have thought that he was going to give them a nine or ten. But, you know, you're at that point in the competition. It's, there's only two more weeks where you throw tens out, but only if deserved, I hope. They didn't even deserve a nine, obviously, in Len's eyes. So I'm not sure if his comments actually matched his score is my point. I thought, you know, six was even throwing them a bone, to be quite honest. And it was just not a great night for them, for sure. Let's move on to couple number four. The last couple, Kelly Monaco and Alec Mazo dance a samba, the last one that you're going to see tonight. Bruno expressed, you know, how he appreciated her improvement when it comes to the technique and appreciated her competitiveness and suggested to go take a ballet class. And again, poor girl. I mean, <laughs> don't know how she did that, but she definitely made the time to film this out of studio package. And I'm not sure if it helped, but it was entertaining. That's for sure. Because she was struggling big time. Kelly was. And um, there was <laughs> Alec behind her also trying to plie, probably just thinking about, OK, when are we going to be able to get back to the studio and rehearse our samba? Um, anyway, it cuts to Kelly showing that she was in it to win it, this competition, and how the samba um, was really very challenging for her um, and how the routine that was being given to her by Alec was one of the most difficult routines and the, one of the most complex routines um, so far. Anyway, the dance, I just need to get to this dance because this is, I think, this next thing that happens live on TV to Kelly in a way is a godsend because I think this is what made Dancing with the Stars so freaking successful. So look, I'm going to just tell you right now on the record that there's Samba and what happened like during it and the way that she handled herself during that infamous like wardrobe malfunction is like, like I said, what I believe put Dancing with the Stars on the map. I can't even imagine the spike in ratings, right? Like at that time, it must have just gone through the roof. I mean, especially at that moment. And you know, it would have been freaking viral if there was such a thing back then. And, you know, look, remember, social media was non-existent. Message boards, maybe. In 2005, I don't even think Facebook or MySpace was, was out or none of us were using it, that's for sure. So you see Kelly and Alec start out strong, right? They dance to a sexy song by a sexy man, Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> um, it really, you know, fit them as a couple though they, there was never like any hookup rumors they just are two beautiful human beings dancing a samba together who actually had a great bond and still do a great bond a great friendship and respect one another and you can tell Alec really respects Kelly's fight and um, determination in this competition basically 
you know, um, about a quarter into their routine, you see Kelly's strap of her Latin costume. God bless Randall. Like this is, must've been his nightmare, but it really made for great television, but it literally just flew off of her chest. Okay. It flew off her neck. It was like a halter top that just was no longer a halter top. It was like a strapless top while she's shaking her bonbon. She did not. I looked at this. I even watched it in slow motion. She didn't even flinch. Literally. She didn't even look down. She just felt her body. She wanted to make sure she wasn't exposed, held that strap and just danced her little heart out, shaking her little tail feather. I mean, good on her. Holy crap. You can tell though, Alec was really irked by this. He was not happy. I'll tell you that much. There was a section that they were going down like that where the opposite, opposite of where the judges sit, there's that live audience and Alec was just pissed. I saw it on his profile, on his face. I've known Alec since I was a little girl, so I know when Alec's mad. Though sometimes I confuse Alec with being mad and content because very rarely does he smile, but Kelly gets it out of him, that's for sure. And of course, his beautiful wife, Edita. Anywho, and I would say I did too once in a while back in our tour days. Okay, enough about me. Kelly, you know, basically... (laughs) Anybody would freak out about this, right? But she just, like literally, she just uses it as ammunition and she uses it as fuel to get her through the routine, but all in a good way. She's literally laughing as this is happening. Not like belly laughing because she wouldn't have been able to get through it, but she must have really known her. She must have known her routine inside and out, backwards and forwards. Because if that didn't happen if she didn't memorize this routine or if she had any insecurities going into it let's say it was like their foxtrot or even their rumba there's no way in hell that if she wasn't prepared that she would have been looking like the way she did which was confident like a woman in charge of her own body there was no panic you didn't see her freak the f out she danced it looked like she danced this routine for years honestly She was able to still be distracted, still hold up her dress and get through the samba, which is very challenging. And clearly every other couple prior to them just struggled big time. And she got through with zero missteps. And this whole scenario could have just taken a turn for the worse, you guys. And this was before pasties were even invented clearly or on our show, at least, because now there's a rule that we have we, we get we get pedal checked or they do. But we did. I'm sure that still happens. Um, And that was due to supposedly Nancy Grace's nip slip. But we'll get there in 10 years from now when we talk about that season. But anyway, back then there was like the standards and practices were there, obviously, but the rules weren't as strict as they are now. Um, Also, it wasn't on Disney Plus. That's different, right? Anyway, it would have literally um, (laughs) that dress would have flown off of anyone, right? It would have been a shit show, but She got through her samba with flying colors. She nailed every step. You know, in a way, I think it was almost a great distraction because she wasn't in her head. You know, she was still able to maintain professionalism, but also you can see how her, uh, you know, how Alec was definitely reacted to it and was not happy. He almost wanted to stop. That's the body language that I got. Um, But it was Kelly who really like, in a way, was his cheerleader, like, She was like encouraging him to continue, like basically saying through her body language, I got it, dude, chill, no worries. Get, let's get through this. Like, I'm good. I don't need my other arm. I'm going to hold my dress up and 
freaking nail this shit. And that for me was when she was the winner. And that for me was when Dancing with the Stars just (laughs) was a huge success. Like seriously. I mean, she was so, it was so endearing. It was great to see them as a partnership even bond more, right? More than they already had. Talk about role reversal. Kelly was like encouraging Alec, right? With her body language. And I think, you know, in all honesty, it was the highlight of the season for me so far. Um, not only, you know, was Kelly the dark horse, but, you know, she killed her samba, executed the correct technique, didn't miss a step. She had a wardrobe malfunction. She should have won the mirror ball right then and there, and the show should have been done. Drop the mic. Kelly was able to still maintain and sustain samba bounce. She didn't make it look awkward or too bouncy. She was smooth on her feet. She traveled around the floor. It was as if she was freaking born to dance the samba. Kelly handled herself with grace. And it was in that moment that set her and Alec apart from every other competitor. In my opinion, I give Alec and Kelly a standing ovation and a nine. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't get distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Judges' remarks. Okay, moving on to the judges' comments. First, I want to say how shocked I am that Tom didn't even mention the wardrobe malfunction to Kelly when they were walking over there or standing next to him at first. Um, You know, maybe Tom didn't see it. Who knows? Moving on. Hopefully, the judges had nothing but positive feedback because (laughs) I'm telling you, there would have been like a war in that ballroom if that wasn't the case. Anyway, before they get, before 
They get to the judges. Tom basically says, oh, do I see a smile from Carrie Ann? While he was talking to Carrie Ann, well, then we will save you for last, Mrs. To where the audience reacted with laughter. He didn't say the word Mrs. I just did. Anyway, Len said one of the problems with the samba is all the different rhythms, which is why all the couples have been having a hard time tonight. And all of the four couples are working so hard to get into that semifinal. And these two were the first two that I've really seen up their game, up their performance. And Kelly was so thrilled to hear this feedback from Mr. Len Goodman. She was smiling. She looked so happy. It even made Alec, who was very serious, as you guys know, smile. He showed his teeth, smiled. You know, Kelly was just happy. They hugged, they embraced, the audience cheered. And then they moved on to Bruno, who said, technically the most improved couple. You've proven to be a great competitor tonight. You were a red hot chili pepper to where you hear the audience cheer loudly. Carrie Ann actually (laughs) gives a standing ovation and gives Kelly and Alec, you know, a round of applause. Kelly hugs and embraces Alec again because they're so happy that finally they're getting the credit that they that they deserve. Cut to Tom making a funny comment saying, I don't know if I'm more excited to for you pointing at Alec and Kelly or if I'm more excited that Carrie Ann, you can actually smile and clap, which made everyone laugh out loud. Carrie Ann said as she takes her seat that Kelly and Alec's Samba was fantastic. And um, it was just a great cover up on that wardrobe malfunction. So I'm not sure if that was the first time Tom had heard about it, but I'm happy that Carrie Ann acknowledged that minor, you know, distraction that she was able to get through like the champ Kelly is. Anyway, going to the red room, Lisa was saying to Kelly and Alec, you know, that Kelly was handling her wardrobe malfunction like a pro and saying to them, wow, you know, it's been a long time coming with all those great comments from the judges. All right, let's move on to judges' scores for Kelly and Alec. Kelly and Alec received a 998. What's wrong with you, Bruno? An eight? <sighs> Three nines, dude. Even a 10, to be quite honest. Just because of that freaking wardrobe malfunction and the way that she handled it. Anyway, that gives Alec and Kelly an overall score of 26 out of 30, putting them in first place. Go, team, go. All right. Last dance is this group Viennese waltz. Now you see the rehearsal for the group Viennese waltz that, um, you know, they're about to perform as far as the four couples left in the competition goes. It reminds me of season two where I think we did something similar, but there were way more couples. I think there were a total of 10 couples in season two and versus six. But I remember we did a Viennese waltz as well, where we all dance on the floor together and It's great to see everyone just loosen up, God forbid, um, because the Samba rehearsals were so serious. And, you know, it's nice to see everyone's camaraderie. Maybe it's the first time that they've all interacted because back then, again, we rehearsed at different studios. They, They would book us in different studios. There was no Dancing with the Stars rehearsal spaces. So we were not under the same roof is my point. Um, look, it's great to see people laugh. The, way that they actually judged this portion of the competition is that Tom announced before they walked onto the floor to do their Viennese waltz as a group that the judges had to pick their favorite couple and their least favorite couple. When the pro really knows their sh- it just makes everything look better, okay? Um, I have to say, though, as far as like Kelly and Alec go, I actually, you know, have to... I would choose them for entertainment purposes and also for floor craft. They shockingly they you know even Alec held back a little bit because he saw that he was about to crash into someone and Kelly's reaction to Alec was brilliant like she didn't fight it she just followed the leader which was Alec at that time right 
Um, I have to say that it goes for me that my favorite couple is Jonathan Roberts and Rachel Hunter, because I just felt like she really surrendered to him and the technique was beautiful. Their top line was beautiful. Their frame was consistent. They had body contact throughout. Um, you know, it wasn't nerve wracking to watch them. I, and then for me, I think the least favorite couple, unfortunately goes to Joey McIntyre and Ashley Del Grosso. So Carrie Ann was first up and she pointed out that the celebrity men actually have it more difficult because they actually have to lead. And I can't agree with her more, actually. That's very true. Um, you know, so with that being said, her favorite couple was Kelly and Alec, surprisingly. And her least favorite couple was Rachel and Jonathan. Another surprise. But, you know, it just she said to Rachel and Jonathan that it looked a little labored. I don't know what she meant by that. Anyway, moving on. Len said his favorite couple um, because of their natural turns and reverse turns, which are two basic steps that you need to know when dancing the Viennese waltz was Jonathan was John O'Hurley and Charlotta Jorgensen. I'm sure technically it was better than anyone because Charlotta, as I said before, is an expert in this style of dance. Um, but Jonathan, you know, as well, but just different styles, right? Anyway, let's move forward to Len said that his least favorite couple, it goes to Joey McIntyre and Ashley Del Grosso because of how hectic it looked. Um, then Bruno said, John, again, you're my favorite because you're very strong in ballroom. Um, and then his least favorite couple goes to Joey and Ashley. Um, the cameras obviously cut to each couple that after the judges mentioned them specifically. And I have to say that for obvious reasons, unfortunately, John and Ashley just were not having a good night. Um, let's move on to the elimination here. Cuts to Tom saying for more than two whole months, these couples have been training hard for six days a week. I would argue seven days a week, actually, um, to where he says one of them has already competed for the very last time. So in random order, they reveal the couple who is continuing to the semifinal round where they announce Alec and Kelly first. And then the second couple that they save, shockingly, is Joey McIntyre and Ashley Del Grosso which then leaves the bottom two couples, which actually they, they said it was the lowest overall judges score and fan vote for both couples, which were John O'Hurley and Charlotte Jorgensen and Rachel Hunter and Jonathan Roberts. So, you know, the couple that went home just short of the semifinals and that got eliminated for me, unfortunately, was Rachel Hunter and Jonathan. Ugh, it was so sad. Rachel was crying. You know, she just wanted to express her gratitude for her experience. You know, Jonathan Roberts echoed the same. And he said how grateful he was to have had a partner who was willing to try anything and worked so hard. And yeah, John O'Hurley, you know, I have to say, you better step it up. That's all I'm saying, because I don't think he can afford another, you know, bad week here. That's it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to these recap episodes. I'm actually shocked that you guys love them because it is a lot of information I'm throwing at you. These are probably one of the longer episodes. We do drop three episodes a week, right? So um, thank you for listening. And I hope you're enjoying them as much as I am. And I cannot wait to start recapping season two already because now I can give you all the behind the scenes information as I was a part of it. Now for season one, we only got two more weeks left. So see you next time. And don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on both now our Instagram account on at sex, lies, and spray tans and our TikTok account at sex, lies, and spray tans as well. 
or at SL and the symbol ST. So much information. I'm going to bed. Love you guys. Bye. Make sure you guys follow us at Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans on our Instagram handle and make sure you comment. Let me know who you want me to interview. What do you all think? Let me know. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Since every minute counts when you're a new parent, who wants to waste time washing bottles? Transform this daily chore with the Baby Bretza Bottle Washer Pro, the first machine that automatically washes, sterilizes, and dries bottles, pump parts, and sippy cups at the push of a button. Its 20 spray jets clean everything 100%. Plus, it sterilizes with steam, then dries with germ-free air. Don't waste time on tedious hand washing. Let the Baby Bretza Bottle Washer Pro do it for you. Shop now at babybretza.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.